everybody. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you want to know more about us or connect with us as a church, then please go to our church website and we'd love to get to know you some more. But here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages you and inspires you. Living and worshipping in a second choice world. That's where Jeremiah and these people found themselves. You need to understand a little bit of the, the, the background of what was going on here. The, the, the children of Israel, the, the Jews were, they found themselves in a place that they didn't choose to be. Jeremiah was called as a prophet to, to speak to them, to warn them, to tell them to turn from their wicked ways, to turn around and to, to worship God again, to stop going in their own direction. He warned them and he told them that unless you did this, these things were going to happen. You're going to be driven from your land. You're going to be put in exile. And Jeremiah carried on preaching and prophesying and saying all of these things for 40 years. Can you imagine? And nobody listened to him. They had various incursions into, in, into the land, into Jerusalem where they were, and uh, some of the cream of the crop were taken, like the Daniels and the, the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were taken back to, to Babylon to serve there. But for the most part, the people were still there in Jerusalem carrying on. So they didn't really believe Jeremiah when he said this was going to happen until it did. And so they found themselves now in exile, being driven into Babylon, taken to a place that they wouldn't choose to be, taken from Jerusalem, the place where they would have been going to, to worship God, to seek the face of God, to seek the heart of God, to seek the mind of God, the place where they were able to meet together, to gather together, to offer sacrifices. That's where the temple was. That's where the symbol of Yahweh's presence was. And so they found themselves scattered and off somewhere they didn't expect to be. In this chapter, in chapter 29, where we find ourselves, there are several different letters. I've only read some of the segments of the first part to us. And so, you know, I'm going to give you homework to read the rest of the chapter yourself. But we find a letter from Jeremiah to the exiles in verses 1 to 14. A letter concerning Jewish false prophets in Babylon to which Jeremiah then later replied uh, in verses 15 to 23. And then we find a letter to Shemaiah, to, or from Shemaiah rather, to the temple priests concerning Jeremiah, which we read in verses 24 to 29. And then another letter from Jeremiah to the exiles concerning Shemaiah in verses 30 to 32. The children of Israel found themselves, in other words, in this place, in this second choice world. They'd rather be in Jerusalem. They'd rather be worshiping God in the, the way they were used to. With the right material in hand or at hand, with the right sacrifices, guided and regulated times of worship right kinds of instruments and music and singers to lead them. But yet they found themselves in a place they didn't really want to be. More than that, they, 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 they had all kinds of different voices 
false prophets, fake news, we might say, telling them not to worry, that, that this will not last too long. Oh no, in, in, in no time you'll be back in Jerusalem, gathering together in public worship. In, in no time these restrictions will be lifted. Let the hero understand. But Jeremiah, the true prophet of God, the one with the shepherd's heart, wanted to inform and to encourage them in their second choice world. And so he wrote this letter to them. And in his letter, he addressed the needs of what I'd call three kinds of people. Those who were without hope. Those who had a false hope. And those who had the true hope because they had hoped in God. And so we're going to look at these addresses or these people that Jeremiah addressed and, and see what we can learn from that for the situations in which we find ourselves just now. So first, to those who felt as if they were hopeless and had no hope. You see, the exiles had lost everything except their lives and, and what few possessions that they could carry with them into Babylon. They'd lost their freedom and were now captives. They'd been, been taken from their own homes. They'd lost their means of making a living. They were separated from relatives, from friends, uh, some of whom may, may have even perished in, in the long march that they had to take from Jerusalem to Babylon. No matter how they looked at it, no matter how they viewed their situation, it seemed to them hopeless. So much of this resonates with where we find ourselves in this enforced lockdown, social distancing, isolation time, loss of freedom of movement, for some job losses, separation from friends and loved ones, and perhaps some you know may have perished and it feels hopeless. The Jews in, Jer in Jeremiah's time also were wondering how, how, how can we handle this? this? This is such a depressing and distressing situation. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How can we continue really to, to, to worship via Zoom or by watching something on our screens that is streamlined or live streamed or however you want to phrase it on YouTube or whatever tube later on? Jeremiah says to them, and he says to us, if you find yourself in a second choice world, First and foremost, acknowledge the fact and accept that that is the situation right now. That is the reality right now. It makes no sense, in other words, to deny the reality. Or as I like to put it, if you don't have a headache, you don't need paracetamols or prayer for healing. You have to first say, my head hurts. And then ask yourself, okay, now that I know my head hurts, what, what, what do I do? What should I do? What can I do? How can I act? 
This is the kind of realism we see in the Psalms where the psalmist acknowledge God, you are the Lord. But I'd like to ask you these questions or why do the heathen rage? They first acknowledge something about who God is, the reality of who God is, but then they also acknowledge the reality of the situation. And in the midst of that, they still say, but yet I will praise you. Or as the American preacher Warren Wearsby puts it, one of the first steps in turning tragedy into triumph is to accept the situation courageously and put ourselves into the hands of a loving God, a God who makes no mistakes. A God who makes no mistakes. You see, friends, God is not surprised by what's going on. So if, if you were feeling like all hope was gone, if you are or were feeling hopeless, just remember, as I heard somebody once said, there is still hope, even in hopeless. Jeremiah says to them, to those who are feeling hopeless, uh, to, to those now who may be feeling a little hopeless. Jeremiah says to them, and he says to us, acknowledge the reality of where we are and trust that God makes no mistakes. Trust in God. And then secondly, we see Jeremiah addressing those with false hope. Or today we might say those who come up with fake news. And, and, and in this technological era in which we find ourselves, this social media era in which we find ourselves, it's so easy for this false news, this fake news, this false hope to be propagated in split seconds. And when you have a moment, and here's you know, part of your homework assignment, read, read, read verses 15 to 23 of Jeremiah 29. That the, the false prophets had convinced the people that the stay in Babylon would be a brief one. Perhaps two years, fake news they've been passing on. And we see intimations of this in verses uh, eight and nine of the people that he was talking to. And these folks were saying, therefore, oh, you know, you're only going to be here for a couple of years. Oh, don't worry about it. There's no need to settle down. No need to try and uh, 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 resume your normal life. But Jeremiah told them just the opposite. Jeremiah said to them, friends, this is going to last a while. In fact, for them, he says, this is going to last 70 years. Now, please note, I am not making an exact corollary here with, with, with what went on then. But, but I, and I'm certainly definitely not prophesying that we're going to be in this situation for 70 years. But Jeremiah was saying to them, since they don't know the end date, and Jeremiah got a word from God, he was the true prophet, and he said, you're going to be here a while, 70 years. And he says, since you're going to be here for a while, since you don't know the end from the beginning, because only God has that perspective, and he reveals sometimes to his true prophets. He says, there's plenty of time to build houses and set up homes, settle down. 
I'm, I'm guessing that when some of us first started working from home, or doing church via Zoom or, or, or YouTube and other electronic media. I, I'm guessing that many of us didn't bother to set up comfortably or, or, or make any kind of long-term plans. We, we only have to look at, at various governments in, in the UK, whether you know, across the UK or, or in the USA to, to, to know that the approach was initially short-term and short-sighted. You know, I, I, I know someone, for instance, who, who, who moved into what was supposed to have been temporary accommodation for six months and decided that he wouldn't bother to, to get too settled in or to unpack everything or get too comfortable. He would leave, in fact, some things in storage because it's going to be a short stay. It's not going to last too long. Nine years on, they are still in temporary accommodation. But more disturbing in that situation is the fact that they still haven't settled down or, or even settled in, not properly unpacked, and they don't feel at home in their current situation, in their current place. I wonder how many of us are still temporarily settling, setting up in the hope that next week or tomorrow, things will change. It would have been easy, perhaps, for the, the exiles, for the Jews to think about and actively pursue fighting against the Babylonians, their seen enemies, the Gentiles. After all, we are the people of God, they declared. We don't have to abide by these restrictions placed upon us, do we? I imagine some people are thinking, that they don't have to do what the government says. After all, we serve a higher authority, don't we? We are the people of God. Some of you may be aware of some churches in America. I'm ignoring the UK, just in case, you know, someone you know may be thinking this way. But, you know, some churches in America who, who were and, and, and are opposing things like lockdown and social distancing and claiming that, that God will protect them. But let's learn some lessons from Jeremiah. Jeremiah instructed the Jews not to fight against, but to strive to get alongside and to get along with the Babylonians. You see, the people of God were called to be peacemakers, not troublemakers, not just for the sake of it stirring up trouble. And they were to pray sincerely for their real or perceived enemies. Or as Matthew puts it, Bless those who persecute you. It was possible, Jeremiah told them, to be good Jews even in a pagan land. To be good Christians, in other words, good citizens even during lockdown, during isolation and social distancing, even amidst the confusion and the mixed messages about vaccines and school reopening, travel bans and care home visits. The best course of action, says Jeremiah in his letter to the exiles, is to yield ourselves to the Lord. And to those, he says, who have been placed over us, those who are in authority, even if we do not quite agree. 
to indulge, in other words, in false hopes, is to miss what God has planned for us. To embrace fake news is to miss what God might be doing. In our second choice world, we need to pray for the prosperity of our neighbors. Look out for them, encourage them. We should pray for our communities, our leaders and our nations because as Jeremiah reminds us, if they prosper, so will we. James encourages us to pray for wisdom if we lack wisdom. And throughout scriptures, we are also reminded to pray for our leaders. Maybe we should be focusing on praying for wisdom for our leaders, that they will get an insight from God. Because let's face it, let's think about it. If they get wisdom and they get wisdom that comes from God, if they get wise, we would benefit. Which is in essence what Jeremiah was saying to these exiles. Pray for the prosperity of the city. Pray for the peace of that land, because if it prospers, so will you. And so he also addresses in his letter those who had true hope, those who knew that their God would supply all their needs, those who wanted or needed the reassurance and the reminder that the sure and certain hope that they have in God still stood. True hope is based on a revelation of God and God's word. Not the dream message of self-appointed prophets, as we see in verse 10. God gave his people a gracious promise to deliver them, and he would keep his promise. God makes his plans for his people, for you, for me, for all of us. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, prosper plans to give you a hope and the future. And they are good plans, he says. Good plans that ultimately brings hope, brings peace. You see, when, when the found, founders of, of, of ARBC, led by God to plant this church, this church that we're now celebrating the anniversary of, they trusted in God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. They had the faith, the confidence, the hope that ARBC would continue to stand, would continue to grow, would reach out to others to be builders together in and for God's kingdom. So as we celebrate another year in the life of Arbury Road Baptist Church, know this, you may be currently living and worshipping in a second choice world, things may not be as you had hoped, but the God who started the work, the God who led others to plant this church, the God who started the work is still faithful. He established this work and the situation that we're now facing has not taken him by surprise. Therefore, there is no need to be afraid or to be discouraged. But please note this. 
In every situation, God's people have the responsibility to seek the Lord, to pray, to ask him to fulfill his promises because the word and prayer go together. God has plans for us, for all of us. He has plans for you at ARBC. Plans that don't end with isolation and lockdown and alienation and ostracization. His plans are good. Plans of hope, plans of a future. This is not the end. As children of God, we have to allow God to mold us, to shape us, to be the people that he wants us to be. If we are to fulfill his purposes, we need to begin to blossom where we are planted. We need to allow him to do in us, with us and through us, that which he purposes. But you know, as his people, we not only represent each other, but we're also uh, now showing by the way we live, by the way we love, what it means to belong to the family of God, to be related to each other in God's family. Or as the New Testament writers and the songwriter puts it, they will know that we are Christians by our love. I wonder how many of us today are still acting as temporary residents, not getting involved, not settling down, not volunteering, not praying for the welfare, for the prosperity of this place. God is with us. Jeremiah told them, he reminded them, God is with you. And that's why, and that's how we can sing the Lord's song in a strange land. That's how, and that's why we can live and worship in a second choice world. Because it might be second choice world to us, but God already knew this was where we were going to be. He already knew that that was where they were going to be. The Lord of hosts, the God almighty, the phrase that Jeremiah used, it's a statement about who is in charge. And I don't have to point out to the, the, the various government leaders who are faffing about trying to make the best of what's going on and trying to sort things out to show that they are not in charge. But we need to remind ourselves, the Lord of hosts is with us. Even if this land feels foreign, and even if the future might seem or feel uncertain, the story in Jeremiah 29 gives us another perspective, a different perspective on where we find ourselves today. And with this, I close. They were living in a second choice world. They were living in exile, in lockdown, in isolation, socially distanced from their church, from their hometown, from the city, from the temple, from the church building, if you like, from the instruments, from their friends, from their families. And yet God, through Jeremiah, basically says to them, stop living like temporary visitors 
in the situation in which you find yourselves and begin to act like responsible citizens. This is, a, this is an encouragement. It's not a rebuke. It's an encouragement. He says, no, don't worry about that. Live as if you are where God wants you, you to be. Because although the circumstances that brought you to this place are not ideal, perhaps even the circumstances in which you find yourselves are not ideal, God says this, I know who you are. I know where you are. I see where you are. And I am right there with you. My plans, says God, are to prosper you, not to harm you. Therefore, we can trust him. We have a sure and certain hope. We have a future. This is not the end. We don't have to go back to the way things were before. We don't have to harp for that which we have missed. We can live in the here and the now. We can use the technology that has been given to us. We can use the situations in which we find ourselves to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so that folks can begin to hear and to know that there is hope. There is a future. This is not the end. ARBC, this is not the last year you're going to be giving God thanks for another year of existence. We can serve, we can trust, we can live, we can worship. We have hope even in a second choice world because the God who called us, the God who chose us, the God who sent and equips us, says, I'm with you. I will never fail you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen.